I'm going to read something by Hafiz. It's Yuret. God disguised as a myriad things and playing a game of tag has kissed you and said, You're it. I mean, you're really it. Now, I do not, it does not matter what you believe or feel, for something wonderful, major league wonderful, is someday going to happen. I wonder if he was involved in baseball back in the 14th century. <laughs> he often refers to terms that relate to that. So just remember, you're it. It's a game of tag. Now you just have to tag God. So, a couple of things to share. Um, and I'm sure Bill's probably shared it when they first came out to the group, but I'll go ahead and do it as well because I haven't had a chance to. We have two new CDs that are available. One is the Toolbox, and it's actually um, uh, been inspired by Laura Keston putting together the workshop that she's been doing on the Toolbox, the Spiritual Toolbox. And with that, Bill got, and got together with her, and they started putting this together. And it's really quite a, a phenomenal uh, CD. I think you'll get a lot out of it. There's also a very good forgiveness meditation in it. So I think that between the information on the toolbox and the forgiveness meditation, you'll find this to be one that you'll want to listen to several times. And it's interesting, too, that it's from our talk, I think this is in 97, maybe? Uh, 99. 99. That uh, the term LAF actually first came into... Uh, you know, kind of being shared, loving, acceptance, and forgiveness uh, here. So, again, it's nice to just hear the, the ground floor of things and to see how you can begin to use these tools in your daily life. The other one I'm kind of excited about is the Lotus Meditation. And um, this is a very, very powerful meditation as far as I'm concerned. It's something I received when I was 18 years old. Um, inwardly to begin doing and it was doing this meditation daily for weeks and months that woke me up to the radiant form inside and began to help me to truly see the dynamic flow of the Holy Spirit and begin to choose into that dynamic flow of loving and to enter into the river of loving in a greater way than I had ever done before and this isn't something that we recommend you do in place of the meditation we give to those that are initiated, but it is something to listen to and just to begin to find a way to allow yourself to hold a focus, to allow that radiant form inside to come more alive in you. And it really will. I mean, this, this meditation, I know, works because it worked for me uh, until... I began doing this meditation directed by a teacher on the inner levels. I really was searching for that connection, for that flow of loving that I could choose into every day. Before, it was a hit and miss. I would some days get it, some days I wouldn't. Some days I would hold it for a second and then it would be gone. But when I started doing this meditation and it began to live in me and I began to live in it and the radiant form came alive, from that moment on, it's ever been present. All I have to do is just look, and there it's, it's there. 
It never has dissipated. It has never gone away. And it has ever been that guiding light, that guiding place inside of loving that has ever served me so, so well. And so it was, it was nice that uh, Bill decided to put this together. It's something I had done quite a while back in sharing and had just kind of forgotten about it. And uh, if you listen to it, uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what happens after a period of time in, in, in listening to it and practicing it. We're actually going to include that. We're going to put that in the introductory packet that we put together. Right. Is one of the main things, especially for somebody brand new, um, is, well, how do I meditate? And listening to a guided meditation, as you probably all know, is probably one of the easiest ways to begin to learn how to meditate. And the nice thing with this Lotus meditation, it is a guided meditation, but just like we did this morning, we had a little period of time where we were silent, we could chant and go inside. We have the same thing on the tape. I think, how long was it? 25 minutes or so, I think? Yes. Something like that. So, you know, maybe, I think there's maybe less than 10 minutes talking total at intervals, and then there's periods of time um, where we have time to chant and really go inside as well. So it's, it's nice for somebody beginning. And if you're like me, there's just the days where I just can't seem to get that inner focus. And so I'll, I'll listen to a guided meditation or listen to a talk, and it just brings me into the focus. So I just use, you know, listen to this stuff all the time myself. You know, so it's just there. But we are including it in the introductory packet. You know, and some of you may know people that may even ask you, well, well, what is your meditation? How do you do it? And to try to really describe and give somebody the hue or anahue to chant to do on their own, there's always the question, am I doing this right? How do I really do this? How do I know I'm doing, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing or whatever? And, you know, that's where it's just nice to have the guided meditations to, you know, give to somebody who may be just starting out and learning. Or, again, if you've been doing this a while, just to help you hold a focus on those days where it's hard to kind of go inside and do that on your own. And at this point, I know Jim said the radiant form, and I think most of you here know what that is. So I always like to say that. For the most part, and I'll just say it because if there's somebody listening to this talk on the internet for the first time, you know, the radiant form, when we talk about the purple or the blue light or the inner master, that's what that's referring to, which is the Holy Spirit. So just so that you know or reminding you or if somebody's hearing this for the first time, that's what it's referring to. And then I didn't know if there was any other uh, announcements. Laura, do you have anything coming up or Bill? Nope. Okay. All right. Did you get enough writing paper there, Jason? I'm just aware of the energy. Do you want some more? Because there's some in the back where we have writing pads. What's that? You got it? It's funny because I was aware of the movement. I just It's just present. I wanted to handle it. So it's taken care of and it's just not kind of out there. Somebody's looking for some writing pads and stuff, and I was just really aware of it, so I just wanted to, okay. You, <laughs> they got pink posty notes. Just like, <laughs> Is it handled, basically, or okay? <laughs> you know, you just can't help it when something's holding in just to focus inside and just learn how to handle it. So you want me to start or you want to? No, go ahead. Okay. You know, so it, and it's fun because, you know, the simplicity really of following the flow is sometimes, 
you know, sometimes we just need to handle the practical level and just take care of those things physically, because as we do, then they no longer are what we could call a distraction. In a sense, they're not really distracting us in the beginning. They're really calling our attention to handle something. And as we handle that, it frees up the energy so that we really can give greater focus and attention to the inner movement of the divine within. And, you know, just like anything, the more attention we give it, the more it awakens, the more aware of it that we become. And so the more attention we give to the spirit inside, the more that's just automatically going to awaken within us. That's the simplicity of this. The longer you can hold that inner attention at the seat of the soul, the spirit inside of you is going to wake up. Even if you don't chant, if you chant, it's going to help out a lot. But even if you don't chant, it's going to start to awaken within you. Even throughout the day. That's why I like ending the meditations now, opening your eyes, but just holding the focus. Because that way you can learn to live it 24 hours, well, Good luck on 24 hours a day, but go for it because it'll awaken more and more the more you can do that. And the nice thing is, even though when we say 24 hours a day when you fall asleep, you can really begin to wake up on inner levels in the dream state. So in a sense, you really can begin to awaken more and more. And then it's just a matter of really retaining a conscious awareness because really there is no time. 24 hours a day, we're really, we all are awake. It's who we are. It's life itself. But it's just a matter of how much conscious attention do we give to that and how much of that do we really remember and know within ourselves. So the more that we give to that, the more it will awaken. The more we'll come to the knowing and the more in that awakeful state, the more in the knowing, the more we actually begin to live it. You know, a lot of the times when we start this path, it seems like spirit's out here. God is out here, something we begin to focus on to begin to really wake up and know what that is. So we think we've got to go somewhere. But it's so funny where the place we go is inside. I mean, we close our eyes and we go inside, back. We say here at the seat of the soul, sometimes we focus on the forehead, but really it's back inside if you want to have a physical reference point. I like to just call that the access point or the doorway by which we can really go into the spirit. So when we go to that place, we really do go into that spirit, life itself into the divine, and we begin to awaken and to know what that is. And that radiant form that we talk about is really the beginning of that greater awakening. And when you begin to awaken and you see, you hear, you feel, you know that inner radiant form, that movement of the Holy Spirit, the river of loving, as it begins to awaken within you and as you begin to become more present within it, it will begin to lift you. You simply have to allow it to take place. But it's such an interesting action because in the allowing it to take place, you've also got to be active, but the activity is simply holding your attention. Holding your attention. It does take an effort. There is an action of holding your attention because your attention is going to go somewhere, whether it's the mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body, whatever it is, your attention is going to go somewhere. And so it takes effort, it takes an action to hold your attention on the radiant form, on that movement of loving. And the more you can hold your attention there, eventually you begin to relax, and then the relaxing is where you begin to really let go of the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body. And then in that letting go, which is really, as you hold your attention, it's that rubber of loving washing through you that in a sense does the letting go. It's you simply holding your attention on the loving 
And then in that, you allow the Holy Spirit to release and let go of those things where you've held your attention before. So if you can really think of it just as a process of where you hold your attention, it makes it a lot easier. Then it takes away the magic of, is there something I need to be doing? Is there something I'm not doing? Am I doing this right? If you can really just think of the simplicity of holding your attention, and then as you pay attention, that's where you begin to awaken. And then you just simply experience the process of releasing and letting go of the attachments in the world. And the more that happens, then the more you begin to lift up into the inner realms, into the inner dimensions, where you really come to know the spiritual realms beyond the physical. You awaken to the astral. You awaken to the causal. You awaken to the mind. You awaken to that void, that unconscious level, and then you awaken to the soul, the true divine. It's a simple process. It's simply holding our attention. And when we bring in the chanting, that, in a sense, not only increases our focus, because the chanting itself, the frequency of those names as we chant them, their nature is to draw our attention to the divine, to that flow of loving within us, to the radiant form. The chanting itself will do that. If you simply close your eyes and begin to chant, and if you are aware and follow that frequency of that tone you're chanting, you'll begin to see where it takes you. Because it will take you to itself, to that river of loving. So do the chanting. Hold your attention on that inner movement of loving. And simply allow yourself to awaken, to experience, to know what that is inside of you. And the more you come into that greater knowing, the other thing that I like that begins to take place is that even when you open your physical eyes, you'll begin to see the spirit in all of life. You'll begin to see the spirit within other people. You'll even begin to see the spirit within inanimate objects. I remember last year, or a couple years ago, I was just outside, just out in our yard, and I remember I just looked back at the house, just looking at the architecture, and then all of a sudden, in the stones themselves, I started to see this white luminescent glow coming out of the stones. And there I began to even see the life essence even in the stone itself. But in order to see that, we've got to allow ourselves to begin to awaken and know the divine within ourselves. Because really, we don't see the divine in other things or other people until we really awaken and know the divine within ourselves. And that's why it's paramount to really do the inner practice, to do the meditation, that you awaken to know it yourself. One of the techniques that I learned and did on the very beginning when I started doing meditation, before I knew the practice of what we do here, that I used to just stand or sit in front of a mirror and look right in my own eyes. And as I did, I began to relax. And as I looked in my eyes, it created a stillness. And as it did, all of a sudden I started to begin to see that energy, that essence of life itself within myself through a reflective process. But it did assist me to begin to awaken, to see and know what that is. At the time, I heard about our auras, and so I was trying to see my aura. But in that, I began to see the aura, but then I started to see other things. Because as I allowed myself to sit longer and longer holding my attention, I began to wake up to the life force around the body but then I began to go beyond the physical life force, if you will, and more into the true spiritual essence, where I even began to see the essence of my soul coming present. 
But even though I'm saying I did this with my eyes physically open, the physical vision really was just held steady so that I could allow the spiritual vision to come present. All I was doing was holding a focus and holding my attention to allow the spirit of me to awaken to come into the knowing of that. And I just was doing it with my eyes open. So then I actually began to see the essence of my own soul coming forward, but it was through the spiritual eye. I was aware that even physically, my vision started to dissipate, and spiritually, all of a sudden, it started to awaken and see. And then I'd get to a point where my physical eyes would burn too much because they were open, and I tried not to blink because if I'd blink, I might miss it. <laughs> but then when they'd burn too much, I'd shut my eyes, and then in that essence of what I was seeing spiritually, I would just hold my attention on with my eyes closed. And all I did was hold my attention, and it would awaken more and more, and I began to experience more of the inner realms. And it was just after a few months of doing that that I came to this pathway and began to learn about chanting the names of God. And so that just took me really deeper and deeper on the inner journey. And that's what this practice does. It takes you deeper and deeper on the inner journey where you really awaken and know that greater truth of the divine within you and within all of creation, where you begin to awaken and know the divine with, within all of creation. You've just simply got to allow yourself the time, the effort it takes in order to see, to awaken to that divine essence in all things. And so one of the things I do to this day is my eyes are open and I'm doing the day with whatever I do, no matter what it is throughout the day, I will look for the divine within all things, within people, within inanimate objects. I will hold that inner attention at the seat of the soul as I'm doing things physically, but at the same time, I'm holding my attention to that spiritual essence and looking for that spiritual essence in all things that I'm doing. And I have found it's a very effective way for me to become more and more awake, not only in my meditation practice, but through the day. And the more I can practice this through the day, the more I experience in my meditation because I know what to look for. I'm more aware of it because I've been practicing it all day long. And it's really fun. When you begin to have conversation with people and you're looking for that divine essence rather than caught up in the conversation or the issue at hand, you're talking about the issue at hand or whatever the communication may be, but at the same time, you're looking in their eyes and beginning to look for that divine essence, that divine spark. And as you hold your focus on that, I'll tell you what, wonderful things can begin to take place in life around you, even physically. Because as you hold your attention to that, your own divine essence will awaken more and more within you because that's where you are holding your attention. But the nice thing is, as you hold your attention on that, it will also begin to stir within whoever that is that you're holding that attention with. And some quite interesting, fun, fascinating things can take place when it happens, to see what goes on with the other person, to see how they respond to see all of, all of a sudden conversation shifts or changes. Or maybe there was something that was a reactive process that was going on, that as you hold your attention to the divine, all of a sudden that reactive energy within you, within them, with whatever's going on, you might notice it begins to calm down. It begins to settle down. It's like, wow, I didn't even do anything. I didn't even try to argue. I didn't even try to work this out. It just started to settle down because I was holding my attention on the spirit rather than the reaction. It's an amazing process. Try it out. 
experiment with this. Really begin to hold your attention on that divine essence all through the day with everything you do. And if it's not involving other people, hold that focus even in those things you do with inanimate objects. See if you can begin to see and experience that movement of life itself through all of creation. It's a wonderful thing to live in that all day long. So do that all day long. And that's where you really learn to live in the river of loving, where your life really begins to smooth out, become easier, become more peaceful, more focused, more joyful. It's easier to live in that greater joy than I'm sure we really all want to live in. So just do this. And have that dedicated time where you just do the meditation, where you close your eyes, you go inside, hold your focus at the seat of the soul on the radiant form and chant the names of God because that's where the greater action will take place. That's how you can open the door to begin to see that divine essence within all of creation. It can be a fun journey. It can be very interesting to see what unfolds, even physically and mentally and emotionally. You know, part of the journey is going through the metaphysical realms, the psychic material levels, where we begin to have visions or premonitions. We begin to see things and know them before they happen, where we begin to know what's going on with other people without them even saying. That's just part of the process. But just like I was saying when I used to stand in front of the mirror and try to see my aura, that as I did that, I began to become aware of that and other things going on as well. But then the longer I held my attention, I began to move beyond that to that greater purity of the divine essence, to that pure white light, the essence of the soul itself. So this is an important thing to keep in mind as you continue this journey, to not get caught up in the psychic, to not get caught up in the metaphysical, to enjoy the process, enjoy the experience. I get excited about it. I mean, I'm always inspired, I'm in awe, I'm always surprised when these things happen, when I have the psychic things go on, I love it. But I also know not to stop there. I know to enjoy the journey, but to also give myself the time to allow myself to continue going into yet a greater purity, a greater essence of which even the metaphysical comes out of. Moving from the form to the formless. Moving from the manifestation into the divine essence itself. It just takes a little time. It just takes a little effort, a little bit of attention. But the more you give it, the more you get. And believe me, it's a lot nicer when you begin to experience that greater essence of spirit itself beyond the psychic material realms. You won't want anything else. All the other stuff will look like horseplay. I was going to say like games for kids and stuff, but those are fun. you know. So whatever you want to call it. Enjoy the journey, have fun with it, but don't get caught up in and make serious all these metaphysical things. They're just part of the journey. And believe me, when you experience the greater realm of the spirit, you won't even care anymore. You won't even want to go back because they just so pale in comparison to that greater awakening, to the divine essence of your own soul and that greater essence of God itself. Have fun. It's a simple process of where you hold your attention how long you hold your attention, and what you allow to take place, what you choose to participate in, what you do with your life, both externally and internally. But it's really about what you do internally, what you do in the body, not with the body. 
So no matter what's going on in your external circumstances, always return to the inner focus. If you want outer transformation, hold to the inner spirit and let the inner transform. And as the inner transforms, then there's the outer reflection of that transformation. And then you just let it be whatever it's going to be. You don't even need to make anything happen physically. It will just happen because you have allowed the inside to change. You have held for that greater transformation inside. And then the world will simply reflect that. And the world will continue to just simply do what it does. You'll see the games. You'll see the karmas. You'll see the process of reflection in all the things you're caught up in, other people are caught up in. And eventually, you drop the seriousness. You see it's just a big game. You begin to laugh at life itself, the stupid things, the silly things, the fun things, the horrible things. When you begin to see that divine essence of life itself, even in the most horrible things, they're not so bad anymore. Because you realize it's just a big game. It's like a big performance. When somebody in a theater or a stage or a movie you go and see, you see somebody get killed on screen, you know they're just acting. The actor's not really dead, but they just act like it. Well, if you can see the truth of spirit, it's the same thing. Even when physical bodies die, the greater truth is it never dies. The spirit of who you are never dies. The actor, that spirit that has come in to play its part in that physical body with that name, that actor or actress, just playing your part, just having fun. But when you begin to awaken to the divine comedy or the divine drama, whatever it may be, as you awaken to that divine essence, you really begin to know the greater truth, the play of the world. And then it's not so bad. Then you won't be so concerned or depressed or wanting to get the hell out of here. You'll just accept it the way it is. You'll enjoy the play, the act. You'll have a good time. And you'll know there will be a day that this act or this inter at the intermission may be where you exit and somebody else comes in to take your spot or a new play begins. So enjoy the journey, enjoy the play. The true enjoyment takes place by always holding your focus and your attention on the divine. Look for the divine within all things. Hold for that within yourself. Look to it within others. In that loving, relate to the divine. Hold your attention, relate to the divine within you. Relate to the divine within others. Relate to the divine within all creation. Sometimes in here, you know, we can be fascinated in hearing Jim's stories, like when he talks about the David kingdom and all the little nature spirits or the animal spirits and this and that. That's just a manifestation of the life force. But if you continue to enjoy that and just now begin to focus beyond that, you'll begin to see those things too. But you'll wake up to yet the greater source from which all those things have come into being. So go for that greater source. And then all these things are just a fun part of the play. It really can be a joy. It can be fun to relate to other people in this world. I like to use the word communication as communion in action. But in order for communion in action to take place, we've got to choose into that within ourselves and choose to relate, to commune with the divine within all things, where we truly communicate 
with that life essence itself. Not the body, not the mind or the emotions or people's reactions and egos, but with that divine essence that truly is within all things. Begin to really make this a game, a fun game, a fun journey of really relating to the divine, not relating to the mind, the emotions, and the body, but relating to the divine. See if you can do that throughout the day, especially when you find yourself getting caught up in your own reactions or the reactions of other people. Just remind yourself, oh yeah, well my attention just happens to be in the reaction right now. I'm caught up in the game of the world. Let me simply redirect my attention. Let me bring my attention back within to the seat of the soul and hold my attention to that divine essence and let me participate in that. Let me communicate. Let me take action in this communion in that divine essence. So begin this process. If you haven't already, begin to do it today, right now. If you've been doing this, I hope this is just a wonderful reminder. Or maybe in hearing it again, it stirred another area within you awake. Or if it hasn't stirred, begin to look within yourself. Stir it yourself. Or ask God to come in and stir it within you. Thy will be done. But in order for thy will to be done, we've got to be willing in order to go to God. And truly, what is thy will? A lot of the times when we say, Lord, thy will be done, we're looking for a physical result. Lord, we want this to happen physically. I want my life to be different. I want these reactions, these feelings, these thoughts to change within me. Thy will be done. Change it, Lord. Change it. What I have come to find is that truly God's will is simply loving. Loving. If loving is God's will, what does that look like physically? What does that feel like emotionally? What are the thoughts that come with loving? That's the journey. To go beyond the thoughts, the feelings, the physical, to thy will. Thy will is loving. Find the flow of loving. That is life itself. That's God's will. That's the way I know it. Sure, I still get caught up these days into looking for physical results and the things how I'd like them to be. But then, when I get disappointed because it doesn't happen that way, I just say, okay, well, I don't enjoy the disappointment, so I'm going to go back to thy will, back to thy loving, back to that true essence within. And when I'm in that, whatever's going on physically, I find that is God's will, good or bad. Because in that loving essence, the true will of loving is within all things, no matter how it is expressed that divine essence of loving is in all of creation. And so it's up to me to simply go back into thy will, that divine loving essence. And in that, I see thy will being done in all of its expression, in all of its forms, in all the different ways. That's the true awakening. That's the true knowing. The spirit, the divine essence itself within, the light and the sound, not the physical manifestation not the performances, not the metaphysical or psychic, but life itself. Go for that. Go for that.
Well, I thought I'd start out by sharing just a little story, kind of a fun thing that happened for us when we were in Brighton. And uh, while we were there, it was cold and kind of rainy off and on. And so we made our way around as best we could between the intervals of rain. And we were out one afternoon for a little bit of a walk. And uh, we were walking along the boardwalk by the beach. And as we were walking, I began to feel this sense of, of spirit present, like pay attention, pay attention. There's a story here. There's an understanding here. Have an awareness. And so as we're walking along, it was, it was a lot of fun because the seagulls were all flying around. People were walking around with their pets, the dogs running all over the place. And uh, it was just very playful, very joyful. A lot of people looking to have a good time, even though it was rather cold, so they really couldn't enjoy the beach the way they would want to. And as we were walking along, we came along these, these groups of shops along the boardwalk, and one of them was a, a fish smokehouse. And they smoke all kinds of different fish and have them there for sale for people. And you can come in and get something to eat and, and take it with you. And as we're walking along, the seagull lands, kind of flies right in front of us and swoops down and lands in front of the door of this uh, smokehouse. And he just stands there for a while, and Brian and I stop, and we look around, and nobody's really paying any attention. And we just start watching the seagull to see, what is he doing? What is he going to do here? And he's looking inside, kind of like this, and he looks around, and he looks inside again. And, but nobody's paying him much attention. And finally, he calls out a real loud squawk to get the people inside, get their attention. Well, nothing still happens, and so he hops closer to the door and keeps looking inside like, hello, I'm here, but nothing happens. And finally, a lot of other people start coming, and he gets nervous and kind of moves off. But it reminded me as I was looking at that, that that was the awareness that reminds me of our own spiritual quest. There's something that we really want in our lives, and we even know right where it resides. And the door may even really be open for us, but yet we won't go through. I wondered as I stood there, I wondered, I thought if that seagull would just jump through or fly into that place and land there, would they reward him like, oh, good job, here, have something? I wondered. But most of us, like that seagull, stand in front of the door, even when it's wide open, even when God has opened it and said, hey, come in and have whatever you want. We won't step in. There's this part of us that stands in fear, that stands in apprehension, that stands in unworthiness, that stands responding to that instinctual nature of protection, that doesn't allow us to move in vulnerability into that which is really present in the moment. And so I went home, I went back to the, the hotel, and I sat and meditated on that for a little while in the afternoon and realized that vulnerability is really something that is innate to the spiritual being. The, the true spirit of us is vulnerable, is ever willing to participate, to play, to move into, to grow, to expand. But these other parts of ourselves, this physical component that we have taken on to have experience here in the physical form, this mind, this emotion, imagination, body, all of it, has so many other parts to it that tend to get in the way 
of that divine flow, just living and expressing itself fully. And so as I sat and looked in meditation, first contemplating the seagull and its innocence, but yet in its fear, standing before the door that was open, where he could have gone in and most likely received the reward he was wanting, but unable to do it because of his fear. I looked and I realized that within myself, I can remember those days inside, spiritually, of standing before that doorway inside, where I could just walk in and receive the blessing, receive the grace, receive the loving that is there for the soul that God has for each of us and has for me. And yet I can remember standing before that doorway and not willingly going through it, waiting for God to somehow come out, come and take me, come and prove to me that I'm okay, come and give to me something right here, not make me go through that door. And as I said in meditation, continuing to look at that seagull standing before the door, just calling out saying, you know, please give me some fish, give me some shrimp, throw something to me. I remembered inside myself my own longing, my own call, my own need to have God throw me something, give me something, demonstrate something to me that I'm worthy, that I'm loved, that I'm accepted, that God does want me in God's presence. And I remember in my inner experience when I was younger and going through this process of feeling unworthy of God's love, of not knowing really how to step through that door in vulnerability, in worthiness, of sensing inside of me something stirring. And what I realized in this meditation after watching the seagull, that what I sensed was really the soul getting freer of this instinctual, emotional, mental nature that we have when we're in these physical bodies. Oftentimes, it, uh, it is the instinctual nature or the emotional or the mental nature that stops us in our inner journey in meditation. It will call us back down because the body, the emotions, the mind feel unsafe, unworthy, not able, not understanding, or not wanting what the soul is wanting. Remember that this body and all its components are the physical universe. It isn't spiritual in nature. And when it finishes its journey here, it returns back to which it came. And what is that? Ash and dust. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. So all of this that is of the physical nature is going to remain in the physical universe. It's not going to go anywhere else than back to its own source. The soul is not of this physical universe. The soul is not made up of physical matter. The soul's place that is called home, the soul's place that is called source, is spirit. And the nature of soul is spirit. When we are completed here as spirit and the body returns to its source, the soul is also going to begin to move towards its source, which is spiritual in nature, back to the realms of soul and spirit. So while we are in a physical body 
as soul inhabiting this form, using and being caught up in the mind, the emotions, the body, and all that that is, we find that there's an internal war going on, if you will. And it's the struggle between the soul wanting to go home, wanting to free itself of the trap of the mind and being free to stand in its own nature and to return back to God from which it came. And at the same time, it is the body struggling to maintain its life, to live as long as it can, to keep the soul attached to it so it does have life. Because for the soul, it is eternal. And it knows that. It knows that it is eternal. There is no beginning and end for the soul in its truth because it is God in manifestation and in expression. But the body doesn't know that. The body knows I have a beginning and I have an end. And the beginning came when the soul breathed its first breath of life through me and the end comes when that last breath breathes through me and the soul departs. And the body is ever struggling. The physical form is ever working diligently to keep the soul attracted and attached to the physical form so that we keep breathing through it, that we keep giving it life, that we keep giving it opportunity to express, to experience, to live in this creation. And to me, this is the Armageddon. This is the battle that we really are experiencing. 